where do the roots of comics stand in regards to other forms of media? I, I'm finding more and more that I, I don't even think of comics as a as an entity, as a medium, um, in in the way that people like McLeod do. I I find myself totally at odds with the idea of comics. It, uh, I, I realize this isn't a popular notion. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care, <laughs> but uh, I think what's going on and on in, in uh, what uh, if we're talking about comic books? See, I think of comic books. Comic books is a genre of popular fiction in which the main characters routinely have superpowers, uh, supernormal abilities. And the uh, the comic the, the strip cartoons on the paper are a type of newspaper cartoon in the same way that the editorial cartoon, the political cartoon, or the uh, or the gag cartoon. And and I don't see that the strip cartoon as being related to the comic book. The comic book is a or, or the graphic novel, as they're calling it nowadays, <laughs> is simply the latest manifestation. Uh, did I say that word right? The latest manifestation of a long line of of popularly packaged fiction going back to the dime novel, the dime novel up through the pulps and the paperbacks, and the fact that it's illustrated is, is simply uh, a, a sign of our illiterate times, uh, our post cinema age, where we want. We want everything to to be uh, rendered pictorially before our eyes. How do you see... You've made a differentiation between comic books and comic strips. Where do you see the roots of comic strips? Because that that is part of something that I'm interested with this. I'm not specifically focusing on Batman. The roots of comic strips? Yeah. That's simply the newspaper cartoons. I've no... I've no interest at all in the idea that there is an art form called comics which is entirely comprised of sequential images and the practitioners of which of which <laughs> I am supposedly one <laughs> are all naturally related to each other. I, I reject this idea. I have no interest in it. I have no interest in comic books, in fact. <laughs> I don't read them, and, and I, I hate it when I'm called upon to explain them and justify them. And that—that—that's—that's that's what I'm looking for here is—is is to get that that blunt, honest opinion. So that's great. That's exactly what I'm interested in finding out. Right. Um, and, if you re- and if you remove that bit from the first bit, where I've defined what a comic book <laughs> is, <laughs> be careful of the context of that. Yeah, no, it's... I have no interest. I'm prepared to accept that what Seth does or that what uh, Art Spiegelman does are outside of both of those categories. And 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 if there's something outside of both those categories, it's dangerous to give it a name because that just starts an argument. You can't do it without getting into an argument. So I prefer to leave it nameless. It's like in The Sopranos where they refer to, you know, that thing of ours. Yeah. 
the the thing we don't talk about. Then I don't know if this question will work um, or not. I mean, and and I don't specifically. I've just shot down the whole subject. <laughs> no, you know, and it, it, I think it'll be interesting to see where you come from because um, really, I I wanna when I'm using the term comics, I'm not specific to anything. I, I want you to. F- go with however direction you want to, so what you feel within that... I, when I say I, it's the idea that I'm rejecting, if if you know, if I find myself a house in the house with a kid and the kid wants to read a comic, I know exactly what the kid means. Yeah. I have no <laughs> trouble with this. I have no trouble with the, uh, the, t- the t- day-to-day usage of, of an adjective as a noun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand that. I, I understand it as practical use, but I've I've no interest in the idea of it, which I explained a minute ago. Talking in different contexts of time, do you see in the past that comics have had a strength as a medium? And ha- I don't know. We- what do you mean? Comic books? Comic strip strips? Cartoons? Strip cartoons? <laughs> like, <laughs> they have Having said that the two are not related, what what are you now talking about? Well, let's talk about comic strips because that's what you identify as as a medium. The funnies. The the, the funnies. I mean, do you see a relation between, say, what came about in the turn of the century to what is out now? No, not at all. How do you? What do you see the change? I think it went wrong somewhere, and it it, beca- it became a, a rather indifferent um, product. I, it doesn't interest me. I don't read them, mm-hmm. but uh, but I I love to collect the old ones. I don't do it seriously, but uh, in the in the last twelve months, I bought that huge big crazy cat book, for instance. Uh, I think once it became codified and 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 rule bound and. Um, and so on. It became less interesting. I think the, the the most recent comics that I'd be interested in would probably be in the 1960s. And who are you? Who would be some examples like Pfeiffer or? Yeah, yeah, he's one of the greats. Um, or I, I even love the I even love the, the soap opera comics. I quite enjoy reading them. Would you put someone like Ralph Steadman in the context of comics? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't discuss him under the heading of. Well, again, what do you mean by comics? Well, you're talking about the newspaper comics. Yeah. The the funnies. No, he doesn't belong in the funnies. He's, he's all of well, these are just separate idioms. He's he's uh, he comes he comes out of um, the uh, he comes out of a political cartooning tradition and uh, he's he's a an authorial illustrator is how I would describe Ralph Steadman do you see Ralph Steadman can decide to do a book and uh, it can be Ralph's book oh yeah he can do a book about wine or he can do a book about scotch or he can do a book about anything because Ralph's an author who just happens to be a cartoonist so do you see the term cartoonist as being limiting no, there are people who are cartoonists, but but Ralph is much more than a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I do what? like that. That's an idea that I have a lot of time for. The authorial cartoonist Edward Gorey is an authorial cartoonist. What makes he doesn't just fill up a box in the newspaper. He 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 can get a book deal and and, and disappear every year and, and, and create a little book. So what makes a difference in um. And here's here's what I'm trying to figure out is the difference between you know we're talking about editorial newspaper cartoons to comic strips. Um, what is the difference between those two and like how someone like Edward Gorey would play? What's the difference between editorial, like and political strip, um, you know, political cartoons and, and strip cartoons? Yeah, they're all just. Um, the, the, their essential purpose is to fill up the the newspaper with with with. There's just different kinds of content in a the newspaper. There is the you know the, the, the there's the entertainment pages, the funnies pages, uh, which is the domain of the strip cartoon and the editorial cartoon uh, commands space on the more serious pages, the pages where politics and world events are, are discussed and in a in a better world that that would be a much higher form of cartooning the political cartoons I, I think there are great political cartoonists of, of the past but in the modern day I, uh, I I don't know what's going on in the political cartoon world there's nothing that impresses me how Looking I don't think the world was necessarily better than it is today. But mm -hmm. I think there is a natural progression in that everything goes from grand to paltry, in the words of Bacchus. I think it's natural for everything to to get stupider. See, when I was a kid, I used to believe that um, you, could be, you could be a great artist, but that... Uh, you shouldn't be concerned about being a great artist now. You should be a great artist in a in a much higher way, and you'd be pre appreciated by posterity. And it was only later that I, I realized that posterity is probably going to be even stupider than now. Where? Um, Thought you'd gone home for a minute. No, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm taking each each answer and kind of thinking about it. like if this was a regular interview, I'd be like bam, 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 bam. But because it's not a regular one. I'm foxing you. I'm, I'm confused you already. Right. It's like when I interviewed I have, I have my own, in, in my head, I have my own map of, of human knowledge, and it's a little bit different from everybody else's. And this is a sign that you're going mad <laughs> and becoming cranky, <laughs> and that you can't deal with your fellow human beings. And what's even worse is that I don't care. That's a real sign that you've gone off the rails, is when you don't even care anymore. You, you've become a real you've become Humpty Dumpty you've got to use the words the way I think they should be used and I don't care if you don't understand them well and, and that's good like, <laughs> from Alice in Wonderland <laughs> anyway maybe you should be the, in the words from Sean mean what I say they mean and, and that's that's what I'm kind of interested in, is what do these different things mean or what do these things mean to different people and how different people have different visions because I know you have very different visions and it's obvious right off the bat over what someone like R.C. Harvey will have or like Scott McCloud will have. So um, I, I find it fascinating. Mm. We're now speaking of kind of linear traditions and um, the development of the media, where did 
word meet picture? Where did word meet picture? Uh, in the word comic is always strip. meet picture. It only got separated in the uh, with the invention of printing because it became technically difficult to put them on the same page. So you think it was a it was a in brief fa- lapse? In, in illuminated manuscripts, the pictures and the words are all on the same page. Mm-hmm. It's only printing that separated them. With with the age of print, um, in, in the illuminated in the great illuminated manuscripts of the Gothic period, you've even got the word you've even got pictures going on in between the words, in between the lines. I've actually little, done a little, little pictorial flushes, flourishes in between lines and, and little pictures at the beginnings of, of, of chapters and things like that. So do you see... Did you know that the actual... The, guy, the, the, the calligrapher was higher paid than the illustrator in Victoria. The guy who actually wrote, the, lettered in those words in, in, uh, in um, Illuminated Manuscripts was a much higher paid man than the guy that got to do the pictures. Do you see that as a... uh, (laughs) Probably because it required an education. You had to be able to read Latin and so on. I guess so, yeah. it's. But I just thought I was curious. I'm not making any point from that. No, it's interesting. It's a curious fact. Well, it it places a value, right? There's a value higher on the written word than on the picture. A monetary value, yeah, but that's only be based on education and uh, knowledge, knowledge of the scriptures and being able to copy them without getting it wrong and so on. But yeah, I shouldn't have mentioned that because <laughs> it does kind of upset or it does upset the point a bit. It, it's an interesting, but I think that's just a professional thing. I don't think the I don't think the person who bought it cared about such things. Oh, well, he's paying for it. Of course he did. <laughs> the, pers- the person who inherited it probably didn't notice these. The, the, you know, <laughs> obviously, the client knew what he was paying for. Well, he would get an itemization. Do you see a linkage between what you're talking about with the Gothic manuscripts um, to going to, you know, 19th century, um, you know, Victorian editorial cartoons? This is another thing that bothers me. The way, the way the see when you take this formalistic approach, when you say that uh, all all uh, works consisting of sequential images are, are the same form, the difficulty there is that, that you include you're bound to include something like you're duty bound to include something like the Bayou manus the Bayou tapestry. Mm-hmm. Right? But that was a very precious, singular, uh, and expensive object. How can that be how can you can you say that this is of the same currency, the same uh, artistic currency as a as a ten cent mass produced item for children. On the one hand, an object which was uh, made, which was fashioned to com- commemorate and, and mark the importance of, of of the passing of 
of the royal scepter, the royal the crown mm-hmm. from one king to the next, is of the same order uh, as as a cheap thing you buy to give a ten year old. Well, here's the question: the which is what McLeod would say. You see, McLeod would say these are the. How can you say that these <laughs> things are of the same, well, <laughs> or even remotely uh, connected? Well, I mean. One argument could be, I mean, you're talking about being a passing of a royal scepter. Well, it's also about the, you know, brutal conquering by, uh, was it William the Conqueror? And, you know, in one way, it's kind of medieval pulp fiction. Now, uh, to to even... I'm just challenging. Interchange these uh, these ideas over centuries seems to me too complicated. Pulp fiction is a 20th century idea. It's a 20th century concept. Um, you can maybe let it spill back a little bit, maybe to the dime novels, or maybe even as early as the the Davy Crockett almanacs. But you're certainly not going to push it all the way <laughs> all the way back to the 12th century. That doesn't make any sense. That society was constructed in such a totally different way back then. Uh, man and his relationship to God and to his literature was so different that it's too simplistic to to talk about them in the same breath well, I think. What I've got just and I'm, and I'm just I'm being I'm just pushing different directions different ideas um, I took a I've taken a couple of medieval studies class and one thing we looked at was the introduction of literature and um, how the Bible is used as a tool for literature and one of the aspects of the Bible that was really popular that that people were able to utilize is the different genre tropes it had within it. And for guys that like violent fiction, you know, there's judges. And how that, in its way, you know, filled that role. And how modern day you could look at different subgenres now, you know, filling that almost animalistic literary role hmm. maybe that one was too far out <laughs> I think cheap you know cheap as uh, not cheap nothing was cheap back then but uh, written entertainments did exist written satirical ideas like the uh, the book of was it, the, the oh, I've forgotten the name of the manuscript the one of the, with the book about the horse Fable the Horse or, or Aesop's Fables now that the, the mm-hmm. verbal similarity reminds me and the, uh, there, are, there were books there were there was a literature of entertainment And I'm certain, too, that uh, medieval man probably had a different relationship to his Bible than modern man does. But I I have trouble with uh, these these cross-era comparisons. They don't don't ring true to me. Mm -hmm. For instance... I mean, the ordinary man would have the Bible read to him. 
these these illustrated these illuminated books were very very expensive and were only owned by the very rich that's true to compare this to pulp fiction which which was aimed at the at the, the commonest people it seems to me to get things crossed up a bit it, it may uh, super, superficially you can obviously find similarities but if you start talking about them as though they're the same kind of thing you're, head, you're headed for trouble. Because the ordinary people way back then didn't have an illustrated literature. Didn't have any literature. They were, <laughs> they were by their, <laughs> their very definition, illiterates. They would have their mime shows and their, and their fiddle music and their, you know, their hurdy-gurdies. Uh, they'd have their masks and their... And their traveling plays and the traveling plays but the book occupied a completely different place in the ancient world books were only owned by very rich people mm -hmm. very expensive you know what if a yeah. nice lambskin um, and thick as all hell yeah <laughs> so I th see this is something I think in different eras a different uh, different arts performed the functions. Like, for instance, in the 18th century, the uh, the great the great you, you have the great portraitists like like Ramsay and uh, Gainsborough uh, and uh, Zoffany, people like that who who would paint for for, for rich clients, and they would they would immortalize them for all time in all their finery and with, with remarkably handsome and beautiful features. Okay, with me so far? Yeah. The, what is the modern equivalent of that? The modern equivalent of that is not... It's Photoshop. Uh, ...is not a, a painter painting faces in our day and age. He'd be somebody like David Bailey, photographic portraitist mm -hmm. to, to the rich and famous. In other words, the function that th those painters performed in the 18th century is now performed by a different art altogether. It's performed by the art of photography. I don't think anybody gets a, gets a picture painted anymore. That they'll hire the the famous photographers of our age, the, the Leibowitz, Leibowitz, and uh, and so on. Well, here's the, these are the the image makers of the rich and famous. It's become it's a different art performs that function now. In the same way, as I was saying a minute ago, uh, books are now available to everybody. So the function that was once performed by traveling plays is now performed by television. Yeah. Um, it would have been performed by cheap books uh, 80 years ago before films took over completely. That's partially why we, as, as I was saying, that we need our... It's partially why we have a, a genre of popular fiction which is entirely illustrated. We have be become used to, to seeing uh, the fantastical presented on, our, on screens. That it's not enough just to read about it in in text. We, we must see the pictures. 
it, it changes from century to century. A uh, hundred years ago, illustration was the greatest thing that an, an artist could hope to do with his life. <laughs> Illustrators became famous and, and could rise to, to very comfortable positions in the middle classes because b books were filled with pictures. Whatever else we want to say about the Victorians, they, they made beautiful books. Mm -hmm. I've got some fantastic, uh, weird uh, Christian socialist magazines that my dad found the family farm from, I guess, uh, the 1850s and 60s, and they're yeah. gorgeous. These, like, huge, math, they're like tabloid-sized images, and it's Christian yeah. socialism. Um, Same with the, you know, the old Harper's Weekly, the... Uh, those middle page spreads that uh, Nast or Winslow Homer would 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 draw for the, you know for, for, um, for printing by woodblock. Those are huge big things. When you you sometimes see them opened out and framed. The when you think that they just come out of a magazine. I would consider framing some of that stuff that I have, but it's uh, would be tragic to do that to them um I gotta wind up cause we got lots of info and I'm gonna have to figure out how to work it one last question is how has the function of comics changed over time cause you're talking about functions of other things so that the function of what are we talking about American comic books let's let's stay with uh with the newspaper context and try and include both strips and editorial cause I think they have different functions uh the function of comic, the function of American comic books in the modern age is to uh, is to keep Hollywood supplied with with baloney. Mm -hmm. As for the, the 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 strip cartoons, I think they're already obsolete. They 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 they're being <laughs> they're being phased out. We're we're in the mid we're seeing them phased out. I think the the. What's the, the 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 trouble that the newspapers are finding themselves in now will will, will, will be the death blow for the the strip cartoons. Do you s what was their what do you see the early function as, and and has that changed? Of the strip cartoons uh, of the of the, the newspaper funnies. Mm -hmm. I think that I think it had an important early function in in the early days, and it, afford, it played an important part in everyday life. I certainly don't think it does now. It played the same kind of part that uh, the soap operas and the sitcoms and uh, and our other television celebrities perform. It before before radio and film. I'm talking about the first 20 years of the century the, uh, the, the golden age of, of, of the strip cartoon it, the, uh, the characters the characters were our, our companions in life not that I was there mind you I, <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine it they they, they, I'm sure to, to the to everyday people those characters walked around and in their heads as though they were walking around in the room and up and down in the streets and they, and their sayings would become the the verbal currency of our daily conversations. 
Well, it's, cu- it's curious how, how we would engage, how differently we would engage, because you and I, we get, say, the Walton Skizik's book, and we sit down and we read it, and we read it, we read it, we read it, read it. And I lost you there. We read, we thought we read what? Like, say, the, gotcha. the, the Gasoline Alley reprints. Yeah. Yeah, like, we get those, and we'll read it. We're not going to do a page a day, right? Yeah. How does that, how would our relationship change with it, reading it oh, our day by day? Oh, with the old stuff. Yeah. Well, we're, you can't read that and not without imagining yourself uh, living in another era. It, it doesn't speak to the people of today. You can only enjoy it if you if you had that educated ability to to travel to another time and place in in your reading. Uh, in the same way that people who jo- enjoy fine wines they're not just buying a drink they're buying a they're buying a little p- part of somewhere else if you buy a, a fine french wine you're, you're going to france for half an hour if i drink a bottle of retzina i'm i'm going to greece for a little while in my head if i read gasoline alley i'm pretending i'm in the 1920s and if you it doesn't a- speak to me as Eddie Campbell living in 2009 mm-hmm. it speaks to an Eddie Campbell who, who is a time traveller and I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I, if I'm going to read Dickens I'd be reading it with, with my, my 1849 cap on or if I'm going to be reading <laughs> if I'm going to watch Maverick on the TV this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm back in 1960 I realize it's not happening today. It's got no relevance to today. It's speaking to me. It's speaking to 1960, Eddie. It's still there? Yeah, no, it's the... the I thought I beeped the phone. I thought I lost you. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm taking my it. Hands got, my hands... I've got pins and needles in my hand, and I've got the phone shoved against the side of my head. I thought I'd accidentally <laughs> cheekboned one of the buttons. No, no, thankfully, no. You, you, I'm still here. Um... But, and I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the great delights of, of being an educated person is that, uh, 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 your 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 experience of art and literature and and everything makes the whole world a richer place. You're 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 time traveling all the, all the time. You're you're communing with the past and it's you know, commun- it's speaking to you and you're speaking back to it. It's, this constant dialogue with the ages going on in your head. One last, and this may be a completely useless question to you, um, but it is part of looking at comics and things that have happened with comics, is the Muhammad, uh, you know, the controversy with those. Is that part of... Oh, the, Dan- the, the Danish, Danish content? Yeah, the... Giles Postend? I'm trying to remember. Mm. Got it here somewhere. Um, how is that... Is that a part of comics? Is it an isolated... Is that an isolated incident, or does it hold uh, a, a larger part within the medium? Is that part of comics? Um, Do you think comic being a comic... Well, see, see, uh, to... to to answer that question directly is to 
is to muss up everything I've said before. <laughs> I, I think the world of graphic satire is 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 a there's a world of graphic satire. I think the world of the strip cartoon may intersect that partially. The comic book doesn't at all. The, as I said, the comic book is a is a. Uh, a genre of popular fiction in the same way that that fantasy is or science fiction or or the western if you want to talk about graphic satire I, I, I think it's certainly exciting that graphic satire can still cause trouble but the only problem is it's caused trouble in a part of the world that we regard as medieval and somewhat backward so I don't think it counts Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it almost doesn't count. <laughs> as as comics or as uh, graphic satire. The trouble. The, the, trouble. the interesting. <laughs> the interesting fact that trouble has been caused doesn't count because it's happened in a part of the world that's a bit backward. It's no indication that it still has the power to do anything. That the graphic satire has any power in the modern world. Can you think of an example where a comic strip has had power like that in Western world? We're not talking about comic strip. We're talking about graphic satire. I think that yeah, the, the great cartoonists of the ages, like David Lowe, or uh, I'm talking about political cartoons, mm-hmm. like, or um, who recently? Who recently? I um. And that's a question. Uh, you, you're on it. Th- you have I'd have to think hard because I. Did does that Stedman's work with with Hunter S. Thompson had some kind of effect? I think had, mm-hmm. was, was an important statement in the in terms of graphic satire. I think we're talking about something different from comics there, though. Yeah. I don't think anything important has happened in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've just made everybody cry for for too many years. I, I think comic books are. I did <laughs> comic book, who I I don't read them. I don't read them. I don't know. <laughs> I, but the thing I think that's interesting is is having difficulty thinking of uh, contemporary examples. Are they as strong anymore? In what? In in political cartooning, let's say. Political cartooning. Or is it just the fact that neither of us are well educated in that area? I don't know. The trouble there was trouble with an Australian cartoonist last year. We was Bill Leake was drawing our prime minister as Tintin, and he he got into trouble from the uh, Hergé estate. So he caused trouble, but it wasn't trouble caused in the old sense of upsetting, you know, your caricatures upsetting someone. <laughs> it was, he'd, he'd misappropriated Tintin in order to do it, and he'd upset the owners of Tintin. <laughs> I've heard they get upset easily. Yeah. So I think that's a sign of the modern age, is that the Prime Minister didn't get upset, that <laughs> the owners of Tintin got upset. That, uh Commercial interests were more likely to be offended than the the subject of the satire was. <laughs>